It's a cold Monday here in Boston. Time for another Marketing Agility Podcast. Roland, a Monday edition. What's that about? I know. Well, we're uh, flexible here. We're accommodating people's schedules and our own schedules. We have a guest today who was referred to us by a, a friend of ours, Jim Yule. Indeed. Any friend of Jim's is a friend of ours. So, yeah, That's we're, happy, right. <laughs> we're happy to bring on uh, Nikki Shaw. She is the director of account operations at a company called Intelligent Demand. We'll learn a little bit about their business. She also happens to be a certified scrum master, so she's bringing that to her practice there. And like me, I believe that she has an art history background, or at least an arts background. So that always makes her fun conversations. Should we dial her in? Yeah, go for it. How's it going? It's great. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me. Can you tell us a little bit about Intelligent Demand and your role there? So Intelligent Demand is a full-service integrated marketing agency that grows our clients' revenue. Uh, we accomplish that through solutions including integrated revenue growth strategy, go-to-market planning, account-based and demand generation programs, sales enablement, uh, and also tech data and analytics services. My role at ID is that I'm the director of account operations. That's not a widely known title, but it's what it sounds like. Essentially, it's the operations of how we serve our clients. So that is overseeing our project management system and team, resource forecasting and planning, project estimations and scoping. Uh, and really at the end of the day, kind of my key responsibilities Almost all of them tie into ultimately wanting to maximize productivity, efficiency, and velocity. You know, I always think of agencies, and maybe this is my personal bias, having spent very, very little time in my career in agency, they come in different flavors, right? I mean, if you're a demand agency, you're doing a lot of web, search, social, content. So what's your DNA? Is it started as a web design agency, started as a demand gen agency? Certainly more started as a demand gen agency. The web stuff has kind of come along with that more recently, but certainly we've always been focused on integrated strategy, content and messaging, media and channels, those kinds of things. And and kind of naturally with that, clients are like, hey, you guys do websites too, right? <laughs> so, <laughs> while, you're yeah. in the while you're in the neighborhood, can you build your yeah, website? Exactly. Yeah. I saw that you're a certified scrum master. Can you talk a little bit little bit about how you came to Agile? I got that certification when I was at uh, the previous agency that I worked at, which was actually much, much more focused on website design and development and mobile app design and development. And so while I was there, um, it was actually a couple of our developers, I believe, that were really pushing for us to uh, become more agile and actually implement Scrum. And so a couple of us got approved to go get that training and go try to, to implement those processes at that agency. Can you share a little bit about what it looks like to your clients then? So, you know, I think that especially at ID right now, the way that we talk to clients about it and the way that we look, it looks is that we're not necessarily using specific agile terms with them. We're more talking to them about, hey, you want to go faster, right? You want to be involved in the process, right? You want to get into market and test and learn and optimize from there. You want quick wins, right? And so, you know, from there, it's more, okay, what can you do as our, as our client? How can we work together uh, mm -hmm. the best way to enable that. Certainly right now, we've got them pretty involved in the process. That said, we're not specifically doing sprints right now, uh, which has really been something that I'm very interested in trying to get to at some point. I think there are some particular challenges for agencies in actually making that a reality, which we can certainly dive into. Mm -hmm. It's more of the, hey, let's 
let's approach this in an agile way with our clients. And that's, that's what they're used to hearing from us about is, Hey, I hear that you want to do this right. And you want to take our time, but Hey, let's actually get into market in the next month. Let's figure out what the MVP is. Mm -hmm. Let's make sure we're showing you progress every week. I don't know if I'm reading between the lines here, but I, I get the sense from what you just said that you've got some intentionality around maybe not sort of focusing on the agile agile parlance, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Why is that? Do you see that potentially as a as a barrier to actually deploying agile or getting them yeah. to think in a more agile fashion? Yeah, I think it can be with clients. You know, it's it's we don't want to get hung up on the specific terms or getting too rigid with with it. You know, we want to actually be agile, not just do agile. And and I think just in terms of how we talk to clients about it, just focusing on what we know they actually want and not saying, hey, we, we have to do these specific rituals in this specific cadence has really been our approach so far. And that might continue to evolve as, as they get more and more used to, to that. Certainly, I, as I mentioned, I would love to get to a point where we actually are doing sprints because I think getting our team members to a place where they could go more heads down for a, a good amount of time and, and not have all those switching costs, I think that would help a lot with with productivity and efficiency and even employee satisfaction. And so, you know, I think that's that's the way we're going to keep pushing it. But for now, we just haven't wanted those things to be a barrier. So when you're working with a client and you're saying, hey, let's test, uh, I don't know, I'll give you an example. Let's test LinkedIn advertising because that's a common, I'm a B2B guy, so mm-hmm. B2B software guy, and that's a common conversation. That's uh, That would be a project, right? And it's something I would take to one of my my search agency and say, hey, I want to test B2B. I want to test LinkedIn advertising. Uh, how do you turn it into something more agile for the client? One of the key things that we're focused on is, again, that getting into market quick, testing and learning. And so uh, a key piece of that is, you know, you can get hung up on rounds of review and QA and edits from, you know, a bunch of different folks within that uh, client's organization. And so one of the key ways we're, we're pushing it is, is, hey, let's get consolidated feedback. Let's only do a couple rounds of feedback. Let's not do 20. Let's get into market, you know, in a couple weeks, not in a couple months. Let's not spend too much time even on the strategy up front because, hey, let's be honest, ultimately, there's still some guesswork that's going to happen. So let's just mm-hmm. get it out there, actually get some results, see what we learn from that and optimize quickly from there. So I think that's really a key piece of it, that, that iterative test and learn. Can I make some comment about as a, as an agency, a marketing agency, doesn't the less strategy and more doing cut into your margins? I'm being facetious as obviously. Yeah, not at all. I think that We, you know, there was a time at ID when we would do, I hate to say it, but like six month huge strategy projects, right? Before we would even start executing anything. And the detriment to client satisfaction, employee satisfaction, actually getting new work from that client because they've lost all faith in your ability to go fast, um, even though they signed up for it, you know, Mm -hmm. that's that's the product that they bought. But I think that ultimately getting in, getting those quick wins for them actually makes your client look great, makes your employees feel like they're they're doing stuff, which they are, and you're, you're likely to be able to um, continue doing more work from there with seeing what the data is telling you just contributes itself to further work from there. So you've described a scenario where you are bringing some agile 
practices into the client. Mm -hmm. And, you know, maybe you're going to have a, a longer term impact on the way that client thinks and the way that they work. In a sense, you know, you're kind of introducing them to a new process and you're, it sounds like you're doing it in a not heavy handed way. You're not letting the process get in the way. But at the end of the day, they might start embracing this process internally. What are, do you have cases of customers where they are already using Agile, and how does that change the way you might work with them? Most of the time, they're not. Uh, we have had a couple of clients that are, and, and I'll be honest, in one of those cases, it, it was a pretty large enterprise organization that was very far down the path of, like I said, those, I got to say, rigid processes. And so they were really focused on doing the sprints, doing the daily stand-ups, doing the retrospectives, all of those things, which is on one hand, great. But on the other hand, they were so focused on that, that I think they forgot about why they were doing it, which is truly to be agile, right? To get the velocity, to get the, the customer-focused solutions out there, that kind of thing. And so that was that was a tricky situation. We absolutely kind of adopted our processes to work with what they were doing because it was such a huge initiative within their organization. So we were, we organized our work into sprints for them and, and did those regular meetings and things like that. But also at the same time, tried to keep the focus on actually being agile. Again, you're going to, this is my, my, uh, my pedestal topic that I'm just passionate about because I just see it happen so much of Jim Ewell, who I know um, you've had on your show. He's an agile consultant. He put an awesome blog out there recently that was basically about how companies can get a 20% benefit in doing agile, right? By doing the scrums and the Kanban boards and things like that. But if they actually become agile, they can get a 200 plus percent benefit in engagement, customer satisfaction, continuous learning, things like that. So like I said, when we've got clients that are so focused on the the doing, we try to help encourage them to to be. That sounds good. And I I even think that I know what you're talking about in the sense that I've absolutely seen teams that are dogmatic about the mm-hmm. way that they approach agile, which you know, it, fundamentally that actually kind of contradicts the nature of agile, like the the goal is not to be dogmatic, for example, about the way right. that you adopt a method. You know, retrospectives are there. They are the built-in kind of adaptability engine that mm-hmm. is in Agile to help you tailor it and to get rid of process that provides more overhead than benefit, right? Mm-hmm. But at the other end of the spectrum, you know, there is a lot of hype out there. And it's hard to know. I'm just curious, like, how do you zero in on what the right balance is and where you sort of say, okay, we need to be rigorous about process up Mm -hmm. to a point. Where is that point? How do you know that you're there? Yeah. And that, you know, at least at ID, our approach with that is it is a test and learn approach where for a while there, we were absolutely doing the daily standups. And then just maybe a couple months ago, we were like, you know what, what if we don't need that daily? What if we tried every other day? And then we try it for a couple of weeks and we're like, is that working? <laughs> okay, good. That's working. We don't, we don't need to go back to the daily. So let's go with that. Um, yeah. You know, it's interesting in, in Roland and I, we probably say this on every podcast, but many of the people we talk to are just trying to figure it out and uh-huh. just trying to get the value out of it. Whereas if, if you talk to guys who teach scrum and agile for developers, I recently sat through an all day training course on it. And they described what we're talking about as scrum, but 
you know, like Scrum, but mm-hmm. but sure. I don't do this or I don't do that. And I yeah. I think it's interesting because market none of the marketers that we've talked very few of them are very dogmatic. As a matter of fact, we talked to a gentleman from CA recently who said they started in a very dogmatic way and then they just couldn't keep up with it and ended up backing off and adapting. Right. Sure. So I'm here more in your camp. I think that having some of the basic trimmings of, of Scrum and Agile can bring a huge amount of value and most notably just the, the frame of mind and the, the yeah. mindset of, of doing it this way. So, I mean, I'm just curious, I mean, some of the things you say you were talking about sound a lot, maybe a lot more like lean and lean startup and than Agile. Would you agree, Roland? I definitely heard the, the things that you, you heard and I picked those up, but yeah, I'm, I'm curious to hear from you, Nikki, how, how you think about it. I I personally see a convergence taking place right in the marketplace between lean yeah. and agile, but yeah, what, what, what's your take? I, I was actually yeah. going to ask, sorry, let me ask one more thing, <laughs> put one more thing in there. You talked a bit about Scrum. I, I was also curious to hear about the degree to which, why Scrum and why not start with Kanban, which Kanban obviously comes out of the lean tradition, not the not um, software development world. You know, I'll be honest, basically, you know, I have read Uh, the Lean Startup, I have studied Kanban, I've studied Scrum, and really what's happening at ID is we're we're taking bits and pieces from all of it, and we're figuring out what works for us. You know, with with Scrum, that was put in place with assumptions around this is an in-house team, this is a team of developers working on a single product. And, you know, there are pieces of that just are naturally challenging for, for marketing organizations and specifically agencies, I think. And so, you know, it's it's hard for me to say, like, we're, we're certainly not doing Scrum specifically. We're not doing Kanban specifically, although we do use Kanban boards. And so we're, we're taking bits and pieces and figuring out what works for us. I was going to ask a follow-up about what I think of as campaign thinking. So I, I, I and I'll just put out a, a caveat up front. I am not super bullish, or I haven't seen too many examples of agencies being able to successfully integrate with internal marketing teams that are running Agile. Mm-hmm. And I, I talk about this a little bit uh, in my book, and I'm kind of curious to hear from you about it. I one of the things that I think Agile forces marketers to do is to shift more weight or shift weight away from campaign orientation, i.e. a project that has a beginning, a middle, and an end, mm-hmm. towards a more programmatic orientation where there's an ongoing thing, it's always on, we're going to iterate on it over time, make it better and better and better over time. Think about it more like as if it were a product, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Agencies, it seems to me, are their history or their tradition is more campaign oriented. So I'm curious how you apply Agile. Do you address that issue? And are you working with companies on things that are more programmatic? And if that's the case, aren't, isn't that sort of like just outsourcing an Agile team where you can have an ongoing relationship with them? Why not build that team internally? First of all, yes, it's definitely been uh, evolving in that sense where ID definitely used to be just super focused on the campaigns, getting those into market and they, they have an end date and and that's that. That said, it's been kind of a, a natural evolution that it is more of those ongoing programs. Absolutely. And that's something that we talk a lot about internally and that we um, also talk with our clients about. We're often pushing them in that direction as well. In terms of your question about, you know, why wouldn't you just take that in-house? Definitely have have clients that have considered doing that or have done that. And I think it's really 
the investment in in the team and the bandwidth. A lot of times our clients just don't have the expertise or the bandwidth to do it, which is why they're working with us, but they certainly see us as yeah. an extension of their team for sure. Looking forward to all this stuff, I mean, where you are today versus where you think you'll be tomorrow. I mean, where do you see this going within ID? My main focus right now, which I, I already touched on, I know it's going to continue to evolve and I don't know all the answers of where, but I am very much committed to figuring out how to get our teams to be able to go heads down and get some non-distraction time to work on things. Right now, you know, everyone who works on our clients works on both planned work and a lot of pop-up unplanned work. And so, you know, that's part of the value that we provide to our clients. It's part of the precedent that we've set with them is that we are able to jump quickly and do that unplanned work and it's in a very quick manner. And, you know, that said, I think it's either pushing it more towards being able to have those prioritization conversations with clients yeah. uh, where we're doing those real sprints. It's either that or we say, hey, we've got, a, a, we structure things a little differently and we've got a team of people that handles the unplanned work so that there's another team that can handle the planned work and actually go heads down and get that focus time. I like that idea of having separate teams. I mean, we, we've, to be honest, I've seen that deployed in the context of in-house teams as well, mm-hmm. where, you know, there's basically a small cross-functional team that is set up for discretionary last-minute things. I mean, in the context of, for example, our social team, we have essentially a newsjacking function. They are only doing impromptu things. And if there isn't something for them to work on right now, then they, then they can take access work off somebody, some other team's plate or assist with right. um, you know, plant, more planned work. But that's a good strategy that I've definitely seen deployed in, inside of marketing groups. I'm glad to, to hear that, <laughs> to know there's been some success with that. That's- can you talk about your, your agency you're in and the, the senior most people on your team and you know, their embracing the ideas of agile or even you know, thinking about where it fits with their the growth of the firm? I think starting with our CEO, he's always been on the bandwagon. And I think that's largely because, you know, he knows that the market is demanding it. He knows our clients want to go faster. He knows they want the quick wins. He knows they want the customer centric solutions, all of that. And so I think with that, he's always been uh, very much a proponent and and really a driver. He's not going to be the one to say, hey, here's how we need to do it. He's more of a, hey, I I see that we need to do this. You guys go figure out how and tell me when you need my support, Uh, which has been great in terms of having that executive uh, kind of sponsorship from the very top when you need it. Beyond that, I think most of our next layer of management, they all see it. They're all working closely with clients. They see the need. They also, you know, are just on top of, of trends, how other organizations are progressing things. And so... In terms of getting the the buy-in and the alignment that this is the way it needs to keep going, that's just been a non-issue at ID. I guess it always comes back to, you hear senior people talk about agile, little a agile, mm-hmm. instead of big A agile. And that's always a great challenge. You know, little a agile, my running joke is, little a agile is do the same but faster versus sure. big a agile, which is, you know, we're not going to just do the same thing and 
push harder on people and expect to get a different result. We're actually going to try and behave differently and maybe adopt some of the principles, the mindset that comes with a team that's running in an agile environment rather than just, hey, let's go faster, the same even more so. Yeah. Yeah. I think we've seen that executive buy-in is probably the single biggest predictor of whether an organization Right. can actually right. adopt Agile holistically, like across the whole function. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. the fact that it sounds like you've got some leadership that was willing to invest, for example, in training and certification, that that's a pretty good sign, right? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I'll also say, now I'm looking back on it, it was our CEO that really drove us to reorganize our teams to set up better for that. So he really drove the, the cross-functional team organization that we have right now as well. So how did that work? Can you tell us what was, be- give us the before and after and how that transition worked? Yeah. Before it would be, hey, we just got a new client or a new project. Who's going to work on this? And it would be, okay, well, we need these six different roles. And basically the managers for those those departments are going to determine who they're going to put on that based on availability and skill set. Maybe they know that industry really, really well or whatever it is. So every time there was a different combination of people working on every project. So there was no consistency there. The way that we've moved it, which we started this transition in late 2016, was we've got now what we call um, consistent group account teams. And so those are cross-functional teams that consistently work on the same clients and projects together. So we've gotten a lot of efficiencies in terms of just those teams learning how to work together, uh, understanding their role clarity and, and process consistency and and being more of those autonomous teams that you read about with agile practices of, of actually being organized to be agile. Well, Nikki, unfortunately, time flies when you're having fun, as the old <laughs> expression goes. We've kind of bumped up against it for time, but uh, we'll have to probably check in with you at some future date to see you know, progress and how things are going and what's working and what's not. Yeah. Um, well, just as a reminder to our listeners, you can find the Marketing Agility podcast at agilemarketingblog.com. We are still posting to iTunes. It's still updating on my phone, Roland. Can you believe that? You can also subscribe to our podcasts on agilemarketingblog.com. A couple of months ago, Roland and I fixed the subscribe to posts and podcasts via email function. Also, if you have a story to tell, like Nikki, uh, go to our website and submit a form. We can bring you on and you can share your story with the world. Well, thank you again for everyone for joining us today and please stay agile.